The following program is paid for by the Hawkeye Huddle, which is solely responsible for its content. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of 1700 The Champ, Cumulus Media, or its employees or management. The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. Boy, you want to talk about a week where we could get ourselves into trouble. It's good that they got the disclaimer before. (laughs) (laughs) We won't, I suppose you're right there. It's possible, always. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ and 101.3 The Champ on the FM side. Sounds really good, by the way. I was listening on the FM on the way in. Yeah, me too. I like it. Pretty cool. We're down here at G-Mix tonight. Of course, it's uh, Smashburger night, Tuesdays uh, through the winter. I recommend uh, the double. You like the double, huh? I had the double last week. Yeah, there you go. It's delicious. Fills you up. Not too bad. So come on down and join us if you'd like. For the next hour, we're going to talk the world of the Iowa Hawkeyes and uh, start off with hoops. Why not? Hawks uh, with with a sweep this last week. Um, I don't think either one of them. In fact, I know neither one of us saw a sweep coming. We we, uh, both had them splitting different games. Uh, Iowa gets the win over Indiana at home and then on the road at Minnesota. Uh, the Indiana game, a bit of a grinder where they trailed for quite a while, and it looked like uh, maybe this was going to be the one that felt like some of these where they, they struggle against a team maybe they shouldn't. And then uh, the Minnesota game, they got out to a gigantic lead and collectively decided that we're just no longer going to fit the post and we're going to shoot three-pointers for the rest of the night. And Apparently that, a 30-minute game is what they thought they had to play. Man. But uh, let's go back to the Indiana game in the uh, coming out party for Chris Murray. Holy moly, was yeah, that fun? It was. Um, clearly, he and his brother have a skill set that is something that we actually haven't seen. I mean, you could make a case that Wee's camp is sort of in that in that area, but if you ask me, the Murray brothers are so smooth um, in the way that they play basketball, the way that they get after on offense and on defense. Trying to think who um, maybe in the past. Roy who, Marble. Roy had a little bit of that because he could slip underneath and kind of get no, that bucket. Not you, senior. I, uh, you're thinking, uh, Roy, you're thinking Dev? Yeah. Uh, maybe. I, I, I'm thinking, is, was it Greg Stokes? He was more of a center, you know, but he had some of those post-up moves that they've got where he Greg, could really, Greg you know. Stokes wasn't too bad. He's certainly more of a rebounder, and and well, they played him. He'd have some. Out, yeah. He'd out and shoot guys can hit the three semi three right i don't know it's just if you ask me best lineups got both murray's on on the floor at the same time so he had 29 points against indiana because keegan had to go to the bench Uh, a number of people had to go to the bench early in that game with their two fouls in the first half rule and uh end up with rabracha sitting down as well it should be noted it's not a rule it's a fran rule it's not um, like it's not like it's some NCAA it's thing. It's a guideline. Yes. Uh, that says if you get two fouls in the uh, first half, you immediately foul yourself and, out for the rest of the half. And nobody fouled out, but they did get. They both ended up with four, and they had to play the end of the you know last five minutes of the game a little bit differently. But yeah, you know, we've talked about this before. I don't agree with it. I understand why they do it. I don't agree with it. It, I, it particularly when Indiana went on like a 12-0 run, got up by 11 at that point, and you start thinking, okay, you're letting this one go. Chris uh, helped him come, you know, come back. He got some we good kept him in the game Perkins. in the first half, yes. and then you know, as, as we come out in the second half, Hawks went on a nice run, got even, got ahead, and kept the lead. And, and give him credit that, you know, Indiana went to uh, Nebraska last night, which I'm okay. You can say what you want. Nebraska not very good, but they were ahead six eight points 
10 points the entire game Indiana was over mm-hmm. there. I mean, literally from five minutes into the game, they had between a 6- and 12-point lead. Uh, I think the closest uh, Nebraska got it was like two. And, uh, you know, they end up winning by seven or whatever. Wins on the road, the Big Ten should not, are, are not – should not be discounted. Nope. nope. I, and, I'd be very happy if I when I getting the one up in Minnesota, even though it kind of got dicey at the end. Very happy that they that you know again Keegan hits the big shot when they had cut it to three. Well, in in to your point, you know when they're talking about everyone wanted to shoot threes or whatever, somebody on that court or on that bench needs to go get the freaking ball to fifteen. It's not uh, a hard concept. I, I, I was scr- screaming, you know, Fran, coach them, Fran, coach because they we they were they went to the zone. You were flashing the lane, and they're looking right at guys standing at the free throw line and not throwing them the basketball. You know, and I don't get Keegan only touched it five. Times. He took five shots in the second half. That's inexcusable when you've got that kind of talent, and he's on the floor. He's only taken five shots. That means you're just not getting him the basketball. And it's not because Minnesota was some sort of defensive juggernaut. They were literally looking at open guys at the high post and not throwing them the ball. You, you and know, I don't get it. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Connor didn't play on Sunday. And and I don't know if anybody recognized that during the game. But that is the spot where he goes to against a team that's playing zone where he can get the ball and distribute it to the right places. And maybe without him in there, no, they didn't have enough well, confidence, I guess, in whomever. But why not? Obviously, you don't want to put Jordan in there. Um, I, I don't know who fills that role. Well, I'll tell you what. It's a great, it's a great point because Patrick, much fun, as much fun as we like to, to make of Connor and his free throw shooting and three-point shooting, at the end of the day, I thought he made some really big plays against Indiana, particularly on the defensive end, getting dropping down, helping the double team when those guys were in foul trouble. Had a big rebound, steal on the other end, uh, and then fight the, right before right, half. That, right, <laughs> and then and then there's the whole assist uh, piece of that, where maybe he would have fe- been been in on feeding the right, the feeding the post, the high post, the low post, when things weren't going the right way. Because um, without him on Sunday, they seem to have a tough time doing that. So let's give him a little bit of a few props because I thought he played really well on Thursday night, and they missed him on Sunday. Now let me ask you this. So Patrick McCaffrey, I believe he had three field goals. I think he ended up with like 12 points against Minnesota. Uh, but he ended up with 32 minutes. Chris Murray, who scored 29 points the game before that in 30-some-odd minutes, got 11 on Sunday. What I, – I, I, if, Mc, if Patrick McCaffrey <laughs> is knocking down shots like crazy, that's fine. Otherwise, I don't get it. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't get, get it. it. I don't get it either. I mean, he made, I think he made his first three. And it looked pretty good over in the right wing. And then literally after that, every time he had the ball, it's like he lost it. Um, you know, he makes that little mm-hmm. curl move towards the inside. And then he kind of, I don't know, it seems like he, to me, it seems like he loses the basketball. Um, unless he's getting to the rim, I think his mid-range game is weak. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's a stellar defensive player. I don't think he's a horrible defensive player, but I don't think he's stellar. Um, I notice he's not in when they bring in the shock troops in trying to turn up the defensive intensity, but they do bring in Chris. So I don't, I don't know. I, you're going to have to – somebody's going to have to channel Fran and get some uh, cojones and go up in a press conference and say, 
Why did Chris play 11 minutes I, and Patrick I was really 32. disappointed that not, not one person said, after 29 points the other night, how do you let let it happen that Chris Murray I mean, only got 11 minutes on Sunday? What did he play, five in the first and six in the yeah. second I mean, or something did, like that? How, I mean, and he wasn't in foul trouble. How does that happen, Fran? I mean, yeah, you, beats you, me. You, you're, you, how does that happen? I mean, it's – and it's not unique to this year. He's had a lot of a lot of years where we look at what he's doing combination wise and wonder what in the world is he doing. And right now, this team has some possibilities, and he's limiting limiting them. And it feels like he's made a choice going on a PMAC versus Chris. And and you know, anyway, well, I mean, so he does sleep with his mother. I, I guess I guess there is that. So uh, you've got uh, Iowa is just outside the top twenty five. Number 26, most votes uh, not in the ranking. But number 19 in the net, which is a good spot to be at this point. Yeah, 0-4 um, against quad one team. Well, it, but they had two wins. By the way, squad. we'd be killing the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> we'd but, be destroying. But two of the wins were against teams that were in the quad one when they, when they beat them. So that, you know, so it, it, does, it does shift around a little bit. Still, they're number 19. That's not bad. Rutgers tomorrow night, 730. It's going to be a tough game. And Rutgers is a different team at, at home. At the rack, And man. they've got Geo Baker back after a little bit of time here. Well, it's Ron Harper Jr. And, who's well, the dude that they've got that is just it's tough to stop. super hard to guard, particularly for the Hawks. And Penn State at home on Saturday, 330. Uh, we'll talk about whether they're going to get both or split those a little bit later on. I, I do want to bring up a little bit. There's been a lot of talk about the attendance uh, at, at the Iowa games and whether or not there's commitment on the part of the fans and such. Well, uh, one thing I want to mention about that, you know, with this hybrid uh, method by which you can either watch on TV or go in person. Yeah, the hybrid thing. The yeah, hybrid yeah, model. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that might have been part of the issue for limiting attendance. Well, in spite of the 8:15 start. Last <laughs> last Wednesday. Well, at home. I, I think it should be noted. I think it should be noted. Cyclone friends of the huddle. Or yeah, they showed up. Um, it, you know, there's three weekend games. That's it. They get three weekend home games. Purdue, uh, as pe- pointed out by Scott Dockerman earlier today, eight. Wisconsin, seven. How Iowa only gets Illinois three. Has seven. Illinois has seven. How Iowa only gets three weekend home games is. It's it, there's the Big Ten is picking winners and losers. We've talked about the APM thing, and if you want to say, well, then fine, sell those out. Well, guess what? They're not sold out yet, but they're pretty darn close. I went to look for tickets this weekend. You know where you can get them together? There's one group, one row in each of the corners. BB. One row in each of the corners where you can get a couple of seats together. Other than that, Penn State's well, going to be sold out. And, and that's based on the you weren't looking on StubHub. No, but I was looking on right. But right. I was looking on Hawkeye. T- you know the Hawkeye yeah, ticket. Yeah, so that's uh, that's where I was yeah. looking for the Minnesota game, and I found the same the same exact and, thing. And, and, and oh, by the way, tickets went up ten bucks at some point in time, which was interesting. You yeah, it went from twenty five to thirty five. No, you know, it's thirty. It's thirty for. Uh, there's some of them are thirty five, depending on where you are. Thirty, yes. Is that in the knitting section? It must be. You got to can't stand in the knitting section without paying the extra ten bucks. Apparently, I just think that the Big Ten uh, that. There, there's something that's going on here. It's happened for years, and the Big Ten has made it clear that they've decided who should be on TV on the weekend. Oh, we at played home. Purdue at Purdue that first game, didn't we? On, yeah. on a Saturday uh, or Sunday or whatever it was. It was the night before the Big Ten championship, so, so it was Friday, it was fri- night. Friday night. Friday night, yeah. 
So they, I suppose you can call that a weekend, but maybe I don't think that's what they would call it. But no, we don't, Iowa doesn't Saturday. play any Friday night games at home either. Uh, no, we have a we have a Friday night on the road. I think coming so up at, somewhere. Michigan, uh, I think it's at Michigan. Michigan or is it Nebraska? That might be. I'd have to look. I think it's Nebraska. Um, either way. Hey, is it Fran, but, Fran know, said very diplomatically today. Yeah, that is something. Something somebody should look at. Somebody ought to look at it. Why don't I, you get Steve Rowe on that? Yeah. Well. I have. I find it hard to believe that no, that nobody would have gotten on that. How could Gary Barton not have done that? I don't I mean, seriously, know. He, you look he's at got the, people. You look at the schedule. It's like you suggested to me a couple uh, last week that that um, they wouldn't know that it, you know during a game to remember, you know, a nine point win is better than or nine point loss right. is better than a ten point loss, right? Although when you and I used to coach baseball. We sat there and we had to count innings for kids and thirds of in, of innings and things like we did. We had all, we had people assigned to that stuff. And guess what? I can't believe that there's nobody assigned to looking at the schedule and going, "Wait a minute, wait a minute," right? Well, trying to determine points in the net in that theory, I think, has taken it a little bit far. But complaining about a schedule, or at least going before they put the schedule out there and says, "By the way, you remember last year we only had three uh, weekend games, any chance we can get five and maybe they can have five and we all can have right. five. How about we all get five and right. that we have five weekend games. We have five midweek games for our home games. And on the road, we can have five midweek games and five weekend road games. I don't know how hard that is, but good Lord, use an Excel spreadsheet for crying yeah, out. Somebody figured out. It seems like it should be able to be done. I would think, saying. I would think, I mean, just in the form of equity, um, I, not not fairness, but equity. Yes, equality of outcome. I, not outcome. outcome. It's just a equity. Pure, pure mathematical. Equal, yeah, a mathematical equal uh, situation there, right. as opposed to, well, you know, our, our biggest draws are Michigan, Indiana, Purdue, and Illinois, and they're not or though. Michigan that's, State. Yeah, that's everything. They're not right. Iowa does as well on for the TV numbers as anybody does. I wonder how Iowa State does on ESPN Plus. <laughs> Oh, that's right. 14 games 14, on that. 14 games on a streaming service. Wow. That's something. All right. So uh, as we turn to football a little bit, are we going to make it pa- much past the break? I don't know. The break's coming no, up real quick. We'll 14. Turn to, we'll, we'll, we'll turn to football. And obviously, uh, some of the things that have been happening off the field in the last couple of days. Well, everything's been off the field. But, uh, but, <laughs> yeah, a lot uh, of practice. No the, injuries. The, uh, how, about, how about this? Before we go down into the, the wormhole, let's just talk about the guys who are coming back. Okay, that's so we're happy Charlie Jones. We're happy uh, uh, Campbell's coming back, and we're certainly happy to see Sam Laporta back. And we're not at all surprised that Tyler Linderbaum went and took a great shot at, at Nebraska when he got his Remington trophy the other night, too. Did you see that? Yeah, it was his third time in Lincoln. He's come home with a trophy every time. Every time? That's, yeah. for, that's yeah. a solid line there. That's but, a solid yeah. line. Um, but And I told you after the bowl game, Kirk Ferris went – found his helmet and he hit it and he took it away from him he gave it to his mother and said hide this he never gets it i don't i don't think he wanted to go i don't that's why it took so long but he had but he declared finally in a way he's gonna go so what's the line in spider-man with great talent comes great responsibility something like that something something along that line great ability comes great responsibility and i think tyler linderbaum absolutely he's already graduated he doesn't owe the university anything more, and he got his foot stepped on, which is, hey, maybe we should use that as a sign. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at Tristan Wirfs uh, there on Sunday 
Look at Ike, our man Ike Bakker, two weeks ago in Buffalo. Injuries happen, man. And you you might as well go and get a $40 million payday when you can. Not, it's it's hard to argue with. Uh, by the way. <laughs> it's uh, impossible to impar- argue with. <laughs> Connor Colby and Lucas Van Ness. Uh, Football Writers uh, Association freshman All-Americans, uh, both of them for their contributions this year. So eh, maybe those guys. I cheer hard for that Lucas yeah. Van Ness since I sat next to his dad at the yeah, Northwestern game. Big guy, huh? Huge. Big guy. Especially when he's standing on the bench. All right. Welcome <laughs> back. We're probably going to dive into this. Um, well, we'll dive into football a little deeper when we come back on the Hawkeye Hill on 1700 and 101.3 The Champ. And we are back here at G-Migs. Brett Ridge, Dave Freeman Jr. with you. 1700 AM and 101.3 FM, the champ, here in Des Moines and around the world at thehawkeyehuddle.com. That's where you'll find a podcast tomorrow. You missed part of this program. You can pick it all up at thehawkeyehuddle.com. I wonder where the stick is. The stick? For 101.3. Jacob, where's the stick? I don't know. What are you uh, that's all right. We got Tom Kickard. Okay. We can talk about his stick. We, <laughs> let's, let's not do that. <laughs> uh, Tom, I hate to draw you into this, but we have not gotten to this subject matter yet, so this is where we're going. <laughs> we have not gotten into uh, the the um, advisory committee uh, evolution, dissolution um, discussion at this point. I feel it's kind of one of those weird things here and after the last couple of days of killing Pat Hardy for um, – not doing uh, even-handed work for us to try to explain exactly what went on here in the radio is going to kind of be tough. So here's what I, I, I guess I'd say. If you want a full understanding of what's going on, there have been a couple of good articles, particularly Scott Doctor break, breaking it down on The Athletic of exactly what's happened. But um, I, Iowa is, and Kirk Ferentz has had an advisory, uh, a diversity advisory board for the last couple of years. And um, he is going to change things up on that board uh, based on the fact that they did a lot of things that, uh, as I understand it, everything that he was asked to do. And that uh, he wants to get some younger players that who have, have been, been more recent to the program uh, to be advisory for him uh, moving forward. And a number of other things. And somewhere along the line in the last few weeks... Uh, it sounds like David Porter didn't like that and recommended to some of the other members of the board that of uh, that board, that Senator, advisory is board. There, is there a question in there? That I'm just trying to fill out that Kirk be fired and Brian Ferentz be fired. So there's been a lot back and forth, and I will just say the question, the que- the question I'm going to – I'm trying to diplomatically explain. The question I'm going to, Tom, at, at what point – does does a journal and you're you're in the journalism world your your website has to be is you know obviously is considered actual news at what point in time where does your responsibility go for getting both sides and when you don't have both sides when do you stop before you and this is a theoretical question before you go ahead and publish something yeah um i think you have to really make the effort to try and get both sides and if you've exhausted that then you know there's only so much you can do um you know if the story is still the story so uh, you know i didn't have as much problem with the gazette story i had a problem with the headline yeah that was my bigger problem was with the headline of you know dissolving when it was more of a 
restructure was, um, you know, he used the word dissolve, and but, but he being Kirk Ferentz, but he also said he was going to look to restructure it. And so I think that had to have been, had they not done that, I don't think the blowback on this is as intense as it has been. Well, they used the word abruptly as well. They used, they said he, yeah. he abruptly dissolved yeah. the committee. And, and, didn't, and yeah. it, it, that is not the case. I mean, I can tell you um, that David Porter knew back in November. He, he knew back in November. Kirk had spoken to him and to Colin Cole and let them know that, that this was probably not going to be going forward anymore. So it shouldn't have come as a surprise. Um, if, so we told him know, that in November. Th- yeah. Yeah, they knew that this was probably coming, that this was coming. This would, it wouldn't have come as a surprise to them. Um, and that's why, probably why David Porter sent out that, um, what he sent out on January 2nd to that text group of former players. Um, because he knew that that was coming. So, um, you know, I, I do think um, Kirk could have probably done, gone through, because it, it comes off as looking like Kirk I, took the I got my new contract, and, and I don't need you anymore. Well, it, it was more like David Porter's calling for my head. All right, we'll just... Throw him out of here, right? No. Um, but when, but really, that decision had been made earlier. Um, but you know, from the outside looking in, it it appears like he did this just out of being vindictive, kind of to Porter, and that's really not the case. But having said that, why are why is David Porter doing quote unquote training things with the Iowa staff? Right. He's a right. he's a real estate broker. Why is he right. doing that? That makes no sense to me. Why not? Yeah, there's oh, plenty of people there's plenty of people at the University of Iowa who are probably really good at diversity training. If you right. felt like you needed to do that, bring them in to do it. It's not his role. Um, I just the the thing that I think has gotten lost in all this is we've talked to Kayvon Merriweather. We've talked to Tyrone Tracy who's not even there anymore. We've talked to uh, Matt Hankins, um, just several uh, black players about the environment, guys who've been there for, for more than a cup of coffee. And is it different? And every one of them said, yes, it's better. Better here now. Dane so, um Yeah, Dane Belton. All of these guys that, you know, kind of were, were there under Doyle. And now, um, without Chris there, and with the relaxed restrictions and everything, and and every one of them has said it's better now. It's good. It's uh, yeah, we're all we're all good here. They still need to keep striving to do things better. Absolutely, but I think Jordan Lomax said it best: is like, you know, quit basically quit making it about. Um, David Porter or whoever and, you know, or the, even the assistant coaches, just let's focus on making a better environment for the players. And I think that's kind of, I know that's what um, some of the, the former players who are in that text group have, have told David Porter right after that is we're, 
we just want to make this program better for everybody. And that's all that those guys really wanted to do. And it was like, and every one of them has kind of said David speaks for himself. And he does. He's, and he has a right to have that opinion. Uh, no one is going to say that, that's the, you know, you can disagree with him. And I think a lot of uh, former players, teammates of his, disagreed with him on this. But he's, he's entitled to that opinion. But it, just because he was chair of that committee doesn't make his opinion any more valid than anybody else's opinion. Well, in... And to that point, it, it certainly sounds like they're they're looking to get um, more recent graduates or people who just more recently left uh, the program uh, as part of that committee. You know, certainly I think for a variety of reasons, and I think if nothing else, more they've got uh, more commonality with the current players uh, than you know David Porter or, or mm-hmm. even Jordan yeah. Lovax and those guys that played 15, 20 years ago. Um, you know, the great Robert Gallery, we forget, graduated 20 years ago from Iowa. Wow. Yeah, the, 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 problem, the problem is, guys, that, um, you know, a lot of those guys that maybe you'd want to be involved, they're going to be playing in the NFL if they're recent guys. And sure. they just mm-hmm. don't have time. They just don't That's have time. True. That's kind of what happened with that committee was a lot of the guys that are on that committee, and, you know, Scott Dockerman had that up. I, you know, I posted several of the names, and, in our premium area in the post um, that I knew about. And a lot of those guys are kind of just took a back seat on this committee. It was really kind of a committee of one or two that were really involved. It was David Porter. And remember, Kirk wanted Mike Daniels to chair that initially. And then Mike, uh, you know, as has as with some of the other guys that are on it, like a Desmond King and Christian Kirksey, um, those guys are busy. You know, Mike decided to play another year at the NFL. He's been on the, he was on the Bengals practice squad all year, played, was on the active roster last game of the season. So, um, you know, Mike wanted to play and he didn't feel like he could devote the time to it because he was going to play football and he's got a young family. So, you know, um, that's how you end up where you are. But a lot of the guys, you know, I know a couple of the guys, kind of bowed out of the committee because they just didn't feel like they were really right. involved enough and didn't have the time to commit to it. Um, you know, so that's what really happened is it just, it kind of evolved into a committee of one or two people. And it needed to be restructured because of which happens all the time. And how, how many, com- how many committees did you have on oh, when man. you were running your nonprofits? I, I, it was, I had lots of them and some of them were working committees that had, actual things they went out and did for us without even you know they had a little instruction away they went some of them were advisory boards like this who consulted with you and had no power by the way but other than that i sit on one of those for the why right and then let's also be clear that david porter was asked on the rate on the radio the other day and he he confirmed that kirk ferris did everything that they asked him to do yeah, everything. With exception of what ended up happening is that, and I was going to say, then there's a board of directors who has actual oversight of the chair or the, the president, which in this case would be Kirk. But that's not what this committee had, right? Right. So, But the other piece of that is that what David Porter then asked, Tom, and I think we, is he started giving assignments 
to the coaching staff, things he wanted them what, to, to produce for him. That's what Tom and, was. That's what Tom was and, talking and about. And that's in where the, you've overstepped right, in, in the training aspect. And that's where uh, you've overstepped your bounds on what what was your original role was, and that that was part, that had to be part of it. And I had that happen a couple of times in my nonprofits when I ran them, and we rectified it. Right, um, we found ways around that to say, "Hey, look, we got to remember. Let's go back and look at what your role actually is here." I will say this: I, I, t- I tweeted out yesterday. The only the thing I thought was, you know, out of all of this is that Doctorman had said uh, yesterday, "Hey, um, only five Iowa players have entered the transfer portal since the beginning of 2021, which is the lowest in the Big Ten. Now, I actually just put that out there. I didn't. I did. That was that was literally the statement. You would have thought that I was coming down on all sides of things. Now I got lots and lots and lots of likes out of that, but I got a lot of people that were upset about that. that I must be I must be saying bad things about people, and it's it's amazing how people immediately run to one side of an issue or another. But let's look at that. Realistically, there were some silly people saying, "Well, the Iowa players aren't good enough to go anywhere else, so they're staying." Or Iowa players are trapped there. No, they're not. And it's just, literally, they have the lowest transfer rate out of all the Big Ten schools. Something must be done, be going right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, people are going to find the negative in all kinds of things. That's just the nature of where we're at in our society. If it doesn't conform to what you really think, what you think is going on, you'll find somebody who, Who's saying what you want, and that's the example that you use. That's just how we roll today. Yeah, there's no question about that. If, you, if they're not on your side, they're the enemy. Well, let's throw you into a little <laughs> yeah. more controversial uh, on the other side. Controversy on the other side in the basketball uh, program. Give me a give me a reason why a guy who scores 29 points on Thursday night and essentially takes over for your team, puts them on their back, your back, his back, and uh, leads them to victory against Indiana. Only plays eleven minutes on Sunday up in Minneapolis. Well, I I think part of it is, and the big part of it is that Chris's minutes come from the four and five spot, and he played a ton in the game where he scored all those points against Indiana, um, because Rebracha and his brother were in foul difficulties at times, so. Um, they had, that's, that's, you get more minutes. Now, Rebracha in particular was playing pretty well up at Minnesota. He played maybe his best game as a Hawkeye. And so he got more minutes and then Chris did not get as many minutes. So Chris doesn't ever come in for Patrick is what you're saying. No, I think there's this slight belief that that was, that's what happens and, Normally, and that's why Patrick got 32, is because Connor usually comes in for Patrick or Peyton Sanford um, in the case the other day, and Connor didn't play because they had a sore back, so Patrick played more minutes. That's kind of what goes on. We haven't seen a lot of Peyton Sanford in the last, I mean. Well, still, you got to find the spots for him. Very, very minimal minutes. Yeah. They've been, you, they've been, it's been like a nine-man rotation is what they've yeah. been running primarily. Um, you really... Just because they, they've got, um, you know, because they've been keeping Keegan out there with the second unit initially, and then they'll, a lot of times they'll bring Rabacha back in after they you... when Keegan comes out for his first break. 
you really do have to like what you're seeing out of Rebracha in the in this last few games. I mean, um, he he's finding ways. That it, it seems like at some point in time he's relaxed, and the confidence is there. To suddenly he he does a lot more. You can just tell he's just more purposeful with everything. Um, you know, boy, we talked about it early on. Maybe the game would slow down for him. I, I think, I think it does. He hates, I just think he hates Minnesota. Well, he he's played very well, though, even though he was in foul trouble even on, against uh, Indiana. Uh, starting to to make you feel like the 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 idea that he could be your big man in the middle was not going to be all that crazy. All right, well, the tough game tomorrow night, Tom. We got two minutes. Uh, any chance they hit they hit the road and and play well enough to beat Rutgers and Geo Baker and uh, Ron Harper Jr. Yeah, I will probably be favored. I would imagine. I, I looked at Ken Palm today when I was in my game story and there her on my preview and Ken Palm hasn't won by four, but. Um, it doesn't seem like every time Ron, the Ron Harper Jr. shows up yeah. that he has like 29, and it's just it's crazy how he's killed Iowa, and that's kind of what I expected. He's well, he's killed more than Iowa mountains. this year. I'm telling you, he's he's really well, up he's to another game. one of the guys. By the way, he's another one of those guys. Though, by the way, when you see him, you're, you're like, how does he keep getting fatter every year? That's what I can't figure <laughs> out. Training table. <laughs> Easy yeah, enough. he must be living there because boy, he just gets thicker every year, and you know. Well, Charles anyway. Barkley did that it, anyway. It seemed to seemed to work there. All, All right, right, Tom. Hey, thanks. We'll uh, we'll check in with you next week, and hopefully the Hawks will have a couple victories. We'll talk about that then. Sounds good, guys. Thank you. All right. Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com, um, and we waded through some waters there just nicely enough to. I think that was good. That was that was good. Go to HawkeyeReport.com, look in the lounge. That's where he's or premium we content. You can find out a lot of his premium yeah. content. It's good stuff. All right, we'll come back, talk a little more basketball, women's basketball, wrestling. We'll come back, finish things up here on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 and 101.3. And we're back here to wrap things up here on the Hawkeye Huddle. I want to thank our sponsors, of course, GMIX, which is where we are right now. Smash Burger Night. Let's see. We've seen a double or two go down here in the last uh, last twenty minutes or so, and uh, of course, just one double by Allen, not two. Not two, just just one. Got uh, ball games on the TV right now. Let's see. Ohio State and IUPUI. Pooey Pooey, thirty uh, to twenty-two. And Mizzou uh, is beating Ole Miss. And Michigan is uh, beating up on uh, Maryland right now, actually. So Michigan, Michigan. KU's ahead he, of yeah. OU by three, I think. Um. Did we thank AMPM Plumbing? Hey, we should. AMPM Plumbing. They do plumbing. Same price, day or night. Give them a call. So right on the side of the vehicle. So right by it. And like, AMPM right there. Plumbing That's down right. here in the junction. Right. Angela Lancaster, of course, from Key, uh, from, uh, from Remax, Remax uh, Concepts and uh, Brian Houck, Key Mortgage. Give them a call. You're looking to uh, get rid of... Uh, Get rid of your home and find someplace new to live. Angela and, can help and finance you it. and is going to help you get rid of it fast. And uh, you can finance it with Brian Houck. Some guy named Paco died. Played soccer. Oh, well, I don't know who that is. He was 88. I think he was in the movie Victory. Oh. With Sylvester Stallone and yeah. Pelé. Love that movie. Love that movie. I actually made yeah. the, that part up. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. Who Um. And uh, who was it? Michael Caine. And Maximilian Maximilian Schmel. Maximilian Terrible movie. They kill everybody. They do not. All right. 
Hawkeye women with a couple of victories this last week at Purdue 79-66 and came home and took care of business against Nebraska Sunday 93-83. They're 10 and 4, 4 and 1, 28 in the net. Now they were down 16 in the first at the end of the first quarter against Nebraska. Kind of got through it. What was it? 83-73. 93-83. 93-83. The end of the first 30 to 14. 32. It, yeah, yeah. No, no, down 16, 30 to 14 at the end of the first quarter. Nebraska had 32 at the end of the first quarter. I was sitting right here, looked right at that TV and went, how did the Hawks give up 32 oh, I don't in the know. first I, quarter? I read, read it this okay, afternoon. Okay, maybe they yeah. scored because it was 9.50 Let, let's, left. So, at any rate, after the first quarter. So in the they, last three quarters, they, 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 put up. They, they, they gave up 17 points a quarter. Yeah. And they put up, <laughs> and they put up eighty and three quarters. Exactly eighty. Caitlin yeah, were, Clark. Yeah. Oh, by the way, she's Big Ten Women's Player of the Week again. Gee, can you believe? It? But Did, she had another double double. And Monica Cezano, Cezano, Cezano with thirty one in that game as well. And and in the last, I want to say four games. It may only be three, but they have been feeding the post. And she has been going to town, and all of a sudden, look what happens to your three-point yeah. shooting. Oh, yeah. they, they, it, and, no, by the yeah. way, we beat Nebraska twice in the last eight days. Yeah. Eight days. That's not, bad, not too bad. La-dee-dotty. So uh, that's the they fourth like double-double for uh, Caitlin Clark. And now, right now, um, Iowa has the two leading scorers in, in the country, the leading scorer in men's basketball and the leading scorer in women's basketball, uh, Katie by Murray. By one-tenth of a point Clark. in the men, uh, some dude from Detroit, Mercy. Yeah. Well, uh, both teams sitting, uh, four, you know, four and one's not bad in the Big Ten when considering it started out one and one, so that's not too bad. And both and both teams sitting well, the Hawks uh, firmly in uh, entrenched in in bracketology at this point in time, uh, six or seven seed territory right now. It's a long ways to go. Of course, last year at this time, boy, the men were still looking at they the, were the uh, one, one, one seed one line, line right? yeah. yeah. Uh, wrestlers get a pair of victories as well. They go to 28 straight, 10 and 0 on the year, 4 and 0 in the Big Ten. They beat Purdue 33 to 6, and came back and beat number 23 Northwestern 36 to 3 on Sunday. Uh, Friday they go to Ohio State. Uh, sort of the headlines out of this: Michael Kemmerer uh, coming back from his injury with two pins this week. So did you? Did you see him? I I, I saw the second one. He, the dude's wearing shoulder pads. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has got some gear on his shoulders, um, and he looks he looks really good. Drake Ayala, obviously, trying to find his feet. And somehow he's managing to get some victories out down there at 125, replacing uh, Spencer Lee, who will come back for his 14th year next year at the <laughs> University of Iowa. I think he'll be eligible for AARP benefits while he's still in college. Well, Ayala beat the number seven guy the other day. Sooner or later, he's going to be ranked, right? No, he already is. He was, oh, is he? Uh, after a week, he, he got in. I think he got ranked 12th or 15th, and he'll continue to move up. Uh, 25 is always a tough weight, you know. Those guys yeah. that, that are older who are in there are, are extraordinarily strong. So good for him. And, and uh, you know, the guy that I – and they didn't rest, did not wrestle DeSanto in either – No match no. and and tom brand said relax he's he's fine it's called rest it's right and uh it's the one they lost they lost both of those uh, right yeah right so at any rate but you know the hawkeye uh men obviously we do not get penn state in a duel do we uh i don't think so because i no i don't I think so and, penn, and was, penn I didn't state they're, they're number one well, when, how'd that happen Spencer Lee got hurt and i think uh there was a changing of the uh uh, the voting after that happened because Penn State has four returning 
national champions on their roster. Yeah. Don't, I'll buy you soda. Good Lord. Quit worrying about it. I thought I'd just throw it out there for Oh, my God. So that, what? It's okay to pay, right? I know um, it's okay to pay, I but think you're that, awfully concerned about getting to the uh, spaghetti works for uh, your dinner with no, your high school buddies. No, no, I know. I'm got, Don't forget so got, the all-you-can-eat salad bar down there. Uh, no, we're, we got uh, we got Philly steak sandwiches being prepared right now. So, anyway, um, yep. Uh, Max Mirren also got got the work done in both matches as well. So it's good to see some of these guys that uh, have been in and out of the lineup coming in and really doing the job. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. What, you know, will Drake Ayala be enough to uh, to come back and help them if they're falling? You know, if they've fallen in that point from, total from, an, from, from, from a national standpoint, he's going to have to figure out a way to become an All American, get on the yeah, you know, right. get on the podium, right? And Brands is going to have some decisions to make in some at some of those weights where guys are starting to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ironman, hopefully he comes back and he's healthy. I mean, if you go Ayala, DeSanto, Ironman, Mirren, all of a sudden you're looking pretty strong. Um, Kimmer's a huge bump from, mm-hmm. from who they had in there. Jacob Warner's the most boring wrestler on earth. It's no wonder he's never won a national championship. I mean, he's been third three times. He just wrestles too defensively. And Cassiope's going to have, I mean, the best he can hope for is to be on the other side of the bracket with Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Because yep. nobody's beating Gable Stevenson. Yeah, he got a pin the other day too, but you know, yeah, but nobody's beating Gable Stevenson. Well, it's going to be interesting to see as, to see as they go the down. They've only got they've that only is got. a that is a mortal lock. <laughs> it, it is. It, 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 it is. is. I'm not sure if they put if they're putting odds on it in Vegas. I it's it's got to be minus it, minus two two thousand right? one to one to fifteen. Yeah. Um, well, they don't have that many meets left that i think i saw there's like three or four it's february is really thin i it was interesting that to see that uh i think they've got this one against ohio state and then they end up at the you know they're going to arlington to wrestle oklahoma state in a in a couple weeks is that a jerry's world it's in the uh well it is or the baseball it's in the baseball field yeah 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 um all right so back to the men's hoop side of things rutgers tomorrow night penn state saturday Iowa right now, this is interesting territory because what we what we realized last year, as we should should realize every year, is you can't you, you can't just start down the road and start counting wins and losses. There's no right? W and L in the they, Big you Ten. You can't do it in the Big Ten. Ask Michigan State how right. that worked out against Northwestern. Exactly, but if you look at this, gosh, there's just so many. There's this is such a an up in the air league. There's so many winnable games. Even coming after this, you get Purdue in town next week. Uh, at home, you know that's I, a game you're going to want. I right? thought Purdue had not been playing very good, and I watched them play against Illinois and went, "There's the Purdue team yeah. I've been waiting well, to they, see." They have they have the talent to be great. Well, right? if they make shots, they're really really mm-hmm. hard to beat. Um, probably Thank a, you, Captain Obvious. Right, probably a blessing <laughs> you don't end up seeing Wisconsin. You're going to get Michigan State uh, as another ranked team coming in. Probably we'll see if they fall. See, how far I don't they think fall. I don't think Michigan State's been playing. They haven't been playing great at all, I and mean, it's a it's a winnable game. And clearly, Michigan is not what we thought they were at the beginning of the season. No. Um, so, it, to your point, there's some opportunities out there. And of course, we finish with Michigan and Illinois, but we do get to play Nebraska, right? We get Penn State twice. Mm-hmm. Um, Penn State is certainly you know a bottom feeder this year, so you know it's time for our. Last call. We used to have a sponsor for this. We're going to call it Dave's Last Call, brought to us by Easy Drinking Bush Light. 
our friend Dave at G-Mix, <laughs> sponsoring this. All right, go first. Well, I was wrong last week. I saw the split, but God, I, I think that's a split here. Rutgers is really, really tough at home. This is not a this is not a situation where we're just guessing at that. They're really tough at home, um, and but I I, I hesitate to to get too confident. I think the Hawks play them tough. It's just going to be a Ron Har- Harper Jr. issue. But against against Penn State, no no worries. They'll come home. We're coming out of split, and then next week I think is when you start looking at we might be able to get a sweep the following week that will be very impressive. Well, I think they beat Penn State by double digits on. Saturday in a game at the rack at Rutgers at seven thirty central, eight thirty Eastern though. So maybe they don't they don't have the attendance. I don't know. You I know? mean, how does that happen? At any rate, I, it's just so hard to play out there. I don't know. I we did have the Wees Camp bank shot. Yes, off the <laughs> to, from the side the yeah. sideways. It was a miracle one. win, and then uh, we've lost. Is it two in a row? We've lost two in a row since then. Right and not been in, really we, in either did we game. Get throttled last year with Luca. Feels like we did. I want to say we did. All right. Or well, did we not play them in, in the rack last I year? We lost, I know we, the last time we were up there, we got throttled. Yeah, Ron Harper Jr. Man, he's just something. I don't know. Maybe we get him a Twinkie and he gets a little ill <laughs> before the game, and Hawks figure out some way. But they'll be favored. But I certainly, I'm not confident that they can go there and win. I'm going to go with you. I think we're going to split. Go one on one this week, and then you know look to next week and see if you can. However, if they can go there and you go two and zero last week, if somehow you go two and zero this week, you could look to go two and zero next week. That's six in a row of Big Ten. Now you're talking about something. Uh, now you're looking at something. And even if it's Let's five, get excited about even what if it's five or six, it's not bad. Thanks, Jacob Beals, back in the studio for helping us out today. Of course. Our friend Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com. For Dave Creighton Jr., I'm Brett Ridge. Join us next week right here on the Hawkeye Huddle.